Well, that was a brutal loss last night. Uh, I don't know how you could spin that. One minute, Clay Thompson hits a game-tying three. The Chase Center is erupting. Fans are elated. And then just, just like that. Uh, put the mic, pick that up. Um, yeah, Sadiq Bay just completely deflates 20,000 people in an arena. How many more tens of thousands watching the game? That's how it goes sometimes in the NBA. Kevin Dana joins me next to break that down. Whether that game was just an anomaly, whether there's anything to be concerned about, we'll break it all down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, the voice of a lot of sports, including the Golden State Warriors sometimes on Twitter at Kevo408. He's Kevin Dana. I'm Cyrus Sotsis. You could follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho. Kevin, great to see you, brother. Happy New Year. Uh, how are you, man? And, and give me your immediate reaction to that heartbreaker of a loss last night. Yeah, happy 2023, Cy, or as you go by on Twitter, Cy Jerome, I, I, I've seen. Uh, I did, sometimes uh, do, yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I like the name Cy Jerome, I must say. Um, my initial reaction, thank you, hey, Matt Brotherton, are you, a, this is a rhyme sayer shirt. I, 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 I don't know if you saw the, if you just saw the, the rhyme, if you knew that the Sayers was underneath, if you are a rhyme sayers fan. We have a lot to talk about. One of the best labels in hip hop. But um, to to your question, I had a feeling that last night was going to be tough just because you played a 58-minute game that easily could have gone 63 against the Hawks. And with the number of people that were out, even though it's the Detroit Pistons, this was not going to be an easy game. Um, I I still thought they would win. Um, like that taken in totality, I'm not concerned about the loss, right? Like Detroit was better last night. Detroit 1000% deserved to win the game. I don't think the Warriors had bigger than a lead of one point at any point in that game. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like Detroit kind of controlled the, the game flow. Like they were able to get it into the half court a lot. They were able to kind of, you know, play their tempo for more, more or less. And like, uh, and yeah, I mean the, the, the heart, it was a heartbreaking way in which to lose, but it was like, it was a deserved win for Detroit. And so like, it was frustrating seeing like, you know, I think it was Kalena who said on the broadcast, somebody said it, the game pays you back, right? If you give up that many offensive rebounds, they're going to hit threes. And like in the fourth quarter, there were time, there was time after time where they just couldn't secure offensive rebounds. And I'm looking at the second chance points in this game. I mean, it was only a four point difference, but that that's enough in a three point game, 17 to 13. They had two more offensive rebounds, but it was like timely offensive rebounds, right? Draymond Green does a great job of boxing out Isaiah Stewart and no one comes to get the basketball. Yeah. And then that leads to another three. And it's things like that. If those plays continue to stack up, you're not going to win those games 
as as Kalena, I believe, said, the game pays you back, and the game paid Golden State back because they weren't able to uh, to kind of secure those clut- those key defensive rebounds after getting initial stops in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's uh, I brought, I'm glad you brought up Draymond Green because Isaiah Stewart um, uh, put on a masterclass in terms of mental warfare, uh, grabbing Draymond's jersey, Draymond. I thought handled it as best as anyone possibly could. Yeah, what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? But because he grabbed the jersey back, I guess, uh, you know, Isaiah Stewart, again, the awareness of Draymond already having one technical, uh, the referees, as they've been doing all season long with this Golden State Warriors team, screwing them over. And in this case, I mean, the bias is so obvious. I, I'm. It's a little surprising. It's not a bigger story. Um, but, you know, the, the refs, I think, incorrectly called the double tech and Draymond is out. And that was a huge deal because in my opinion, if Draymond green is in the game at the end, um, maybe Sadiq Bay is not wide open, <laughs> you know, like maybe uh, the best defender in the game disrupts that game winning shot. And it made a huge difference. I thought, um, so that was brutal. There was, there was no question about that. A couple things, if I may, please, to that. Please, I thought the Warriors defended the final inbound play pretty well. Like, I, someone put a stopwatch to it, and it took them, like, 5.4 seconds to get that ball in. Yeah, I noticed like, that. I mean, I don't think they should have, like, I mean, I don't blame them for not calling a five-second violator. Like, this is probably more than one second. This probably, like, 1.1 second if you do this. This pro like this five count is probably more than five actually. There's probably five in some tens. So like I'm not worried, but like they did like it, like they barely got that inbounds pass off. And Sadiq Bay, like that three was not easy. Like he's falling no. away from the hoop. Like I have no problems with how uh Golden State like really defended that. Like, yeah, it, it was like an open-ish look at the end after 5.4 seconds. After he's falling away from the hoop, right. like you just tip your cap to Sadiq Bay, like in those situations, like there were, there was another possession late in that in that fourth quarter. I think it was a three to make it 111-107 or something like that. I forget if it was Bogdanovich or someone. I think, I it, think was it was Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich yeah, to yeah, to I, like would, to beat the shot clock completely off balance, like. There's there's nothing like that Golden State could have done. So Detroit did have a couple of those threes, though. Uh, but if you, Bogdanovich was on fire last night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he literally couldn't. Like, I think he had his first five threes or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's having a hell of a year for yes, the he Detroit is. Pistons. Uh, I don't so know what, oh, Sorry, sorry go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's a, it's a little surprising to me watching that game and watching the first game. Uh, that the Warriors and Pistons play, that the Pistons are as bad as they are. I mean, that that they, there's a lot of talent on that team. It's it's surprising to me they're only 11 and 30. Um, I really feel strongly if they get Wembanyama uh, next year on top of Kate Cunningham, on top of the roster they have, that could be a dangerous team. It's shocking to me they're only 11 and 30. But. 100% could, yeah. The, the problem is, like, this year they don't have Kate Cunningham. And, like, Golden State, Bob Fitzgerald made the point watching the game last night. They caught Detroit at the wrong time. And, all right, I know this veers on, like, state-run radio talk from me. But, like, the Pistons got blasted by the Blazers, 135 to 106. And so they came, like, they're not going to want to get just 
totally molly whopped two games in a row. Like right, they're going to have right. that extra focus. Um, and like, you know, Fitz had kind of detailed over the last five games, like defensively, they're a mess one game and then they're just lights out the next game, a mess one game, lights out the next game. Yeah. And this is a bad team to step it up. Yeah. That's, so they're inconsistent. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 Um, and that's Gary Payne, the second's Portland Trailblazers, by the way. He played in that game, right? I think, and he actually, I, I think that was his season debut, right? Yeah. And he, yeah. and he actually did, I, I thought he played marvelously, um, for, for considering it was his first game of the year. And he was actually uh, solid offensively, I, which is a part of his game that has all, in my opinion, has always been underrated because Stephen Curry, I thought, said it best. He's always at the right place at the right time offensively. Like, like he's, he knows where to be on the court and he's just big time. Anyways, he's missed. Um, let's not go down that road. Uh, when we come back though, I want to ask you, cause um, I don't know if it's a fringe. I don't know if this is actually a decent amount of dub nation who's making these complaints, but a lot of people are unhappy with Jordan pool. I love to get your perspective on that. I, if, and, I, and I'll, I'll obviously explain mine. I've, I've talked about them already on this show, but um, I'll talk about it again, just because um like pool's young. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The question is, does that excuse a lot of turnovers he's he's committing? So we'll we'll tackle that subject in just a moment. Uh, first, got to give some love to a longtime sponsor of this program, Built Bar. Uh, I feel like the Detroit Pistons ate theirs last night. The Golden State Warriors did not. And that's what happened. See, the Pistons eat Built Bars and they, they beat the defending world champion. That's what, makes Bilt Bar. That's, what that, that's what it does for you with all that protein in there. On average, it packs a whopping 17 grams of protein while concurrently only having four grams of sugar and only 130 calories per bar. Uh, and so these are built bars. Again, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to pack muscle, if you're just trying to go a healthy way of eating protein bars, built bars are the way for you. And they're available all over the place. You can now get them at Walmart. You can now get them at Sam's Club. It's not just an online order. So you can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream, uh, double chocolate, coconut puffs. And if you go to Sam's Club, uh, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors such as brownie batter and churro. Thank me later, folks. So they're now available in stores. That's the impact. That's the power of Built Bar. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, sometimes Golden State Warriors, are calling all sorts of games everywhere on Twitter at Kevo408. Uh, I want to play this soundbite from um, Clay Thompson last night who I think is back. I mean, he's 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 consistently putting in points, even on a night, on a night like last night where the shot wasn't falling consistently. Per, I, maybe that's not the right way to put it. Clay for the night was 11 of 23. That's a solid shooting night. His three was off. 30%'s not horrible, but it's not great. He was three for 10 from beyond the arc, but still put in 30 points. I think Clay is back, folks. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in just a second. But um, what I want to touch on is Clay uh discussing Jordan Poole um because Jordan Poole had that huge turnover at the end of the game last night um he I think he leads the team in turnovers don't quote me on that but I'm fairly certain that's true 
Here's Clay Thompson talking about uh, Jordan Poole. What do you think Jordan can learn from from some of these late game situations where the burden is more on him than than he's ever had before? Well, I told him at the uh, in the locker room. There's a reason I threw hit the ball. The end of reg- or toward the end of regulation is because he's like that. He's a clutch player. He's a shot creator, and we would not have been on this win streak without him. So. I uh, know that we, I mean, shoot, we all go through those uh, lapses early in our career. I mean, I remember missing two free throws against the Nuggets when I'm my second year and just leaving the arena in my uniform. So it's like, so it's like, we all got to go through it. Steph went through it and um, Jordan, we're going to continue to trust him with the ball in his hands because he's uh, like an engine that makes us go. I, I, and I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. He, the energy he brings, the playmaking he brings. Um, look, and last night he didn't have an exorbitant amount of turnovers. I think that that costly one at the end was just his third in the game. Uh, finished with 24 points. His scoring clip is above 20 a game, which is what you want from him. Um, I think he's a better player now than he was a year ago. Um, what are your thoughts on Jordan Poole? And for the naysayers out there, do you have a message for him? <laughs> I don't know if I have a message for the naysayers, <laughs> uh, but like my old take with Jordan Bulls, like first four years is you got to live with the mistakes. Like he's 23 years old and he's like an extreme confidence guy. He like has supreme confidence in his capabilities. And like at this young stage in his career, he's going to make mistakes because he feels like he can make every play. And he has the right to have that confidence because we've seen him make pretty much damn near every play that there is to be made. Now, it has been three, I think it is three straight games where he's had like some tough turnovers late. And like they're two and one in those games, despite like some late game miscues. So like you can live with that. Um, And you just like, like Clay said, it's part of like growing up in the NBA. Like, he's not going to reach the peak of his powers until after this contract extension is over, right? Like, after this four-year extension is done, then he will be in his prime. Like, he is so far away from being peak pool that, like, I mean, I'm just – I'm not concerned. Like, that – like, yeah, it's not great that he turns the ball over a lot. Like, he was, like, second in the G League in turnovers in the bubble. Like – it's kind of been in his DNA at this point. Um, but, yeah, to me, it's just like I can live with that because I know he's going for the kill. And Same. I'd rather have a guy who's going for the kill than a guy who's too afraid to make a play. And Jordan Poole is not afraid to make a play. And, I mean, he got them back. in. He kept them in that game. I mean, that step back after that tough three from Bogdanovich, he the, the separation he created on the step back on the jumper at 111, 109 was filthy. I mean, absolutely filthy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've I've always been a pool fan. Same. Um, well, not always, even for even his first year, because I was about to agree with you that I was like, you know what? No, I was not his rookie year and and half of his second year. Well, because well, because I yeah. saw Jordan Poole in the G League that year. Right. And so he played three games in the G League and he kicked ass. And so I was like, he did. Yeah, that's my guy. Anyone who plays well right. for the Santa Cruz Warriors, obviously, is going to have a fan in me. I would like to take some time to address some questions that were uh, uh, directed towards oh, me in the comments. I'm, yeah. I'm scrolling back down. 
Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce the overlay so all the, all okay. the comments from, from here Shane on out West. actually show. Go ahead. Shane, Shane West saying, hey, Kevin, I want to see Dusty Hannah's out from the G League and play on the NBA floor. He does have four NBA regular season games over two years. Dusty Hannah's, for those who don't know, dead-eye shooter in the G League. He's like 6'3", maybe. Uh, guy who plays for the Santa Cruz Warriors. He's he's missed the last he missed the last game, maybe the last two, but uh, but he's gonna play tonight. Uh, he is not on the injury report for the Santa Cruz Warriors. So if you want to watch him in action, he will uh, be on NBC Sports Bay Area at 7 p.m. tonight when they take on Scoot Henderson and G League Ignite. Then also. And and they can watch you and listen to you tonight as well on NBC Sports. It, Bay Area, it, so. Exactly. And uh, Matt Brotherton, uh, just saying he got a an Aesop Rock and Blockhead a pumpkin shirt. By the way, Blockhead produced one of the best rap songs of all time from Aesop Rock, Daylight. That uh, is an absolute classic. So, uh, yeah, uh, brownie points to Matt Brotherton. Um, is it pot? Okay, from uh, – <laughs> we. Uh, I was, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. Supremacia 99.10. Kevin, is it possible for Cyrus to admit Lamb and Jerome's value on the team? Already have. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying not to address too much of this because you're trolls who are doing this. But um, I already have, man. But look at. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and praise two-way players when the team loses the game. Okay. When they win, I will praise. When they okay. lose, I'm no longer going to criticize them because I feel like. They're growing on me, all right. Like, and, and on yesterday's show, for example, uh, Carl Foster came on, who's who's a who's I love his mind in terms of basketball. He knows the game, um, and I thought he actually had a great correlation between uh, Anthony Lamb and who he he's similar to in, in the modern game. Uh, and he said Jay Crowder, and he thought like Anthony Lamb was just a slightly lesser version of Jay Crowder. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. I I, I can I can see that. I can respect that. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not hating on them. I'm, I'm you know like my criticism of them has been absolutely pulled back. But you know they lost the game. What do you want from me? I mean, if you're gonna praise anyone, uh, you know like the the scoring leaders were Clay Thompson. I praised him. Jordan Poole, I think, was second in scoring. I praised him. Uh, Jordan Poole also led the team in plus minus. I, I praised him. Uh, you know who was second in plus minus was Moses Moody. Uh, you know, and I'm not praising him. So take it easy, folks. Uh, on that, Moses had a good game last night. I thought. Who did? Moses. I thought Moses played well last night. I I I think um, <laughs> I think personally that uh, that Moses Moody should be playing more. I I, I you know I'm I'm trying not to stir the pot too much and saying that a lot, but his minutes, in my opinion, are still not enough. Um, I, he played 15 minutes last night. I would not have minded 25. That that remains my one gripe with the two way guys. Anthony Lamb gets 28 minutes last night. Ty Jerome gets 26 and change. Fine. But for Moses Moody to only get 15, um, I will bring it up on a night when they lose the game because I, I, I value him. I think I think Moses Moody is a long-term part of this team, uh, and it disappoints me. Um, yeah. So Paul Revere, by the way, uh, if you continue this, I can block you. You know, it, so here's a here's a message for the trolls. Troll and you're gone. Plain and simple. All right. You don't have to watch the show, but don't come in here and just like troll and hate and all that stuff. There's no time for that. Um, when we come back, I do want to ask you, though, Kevin Dana, your thoughts on what the Warriors are going to do. Because uh, I haven't asked you this yet at the 50, 50 game mark for these two two way players. Um, it's going to be a huge decision. It's going to be an absolutely huge decision. I have no idea what they're going to do. 
I'm curious to know if you know what they're going to do. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll tackle that subject in just a minute. First, got to give some love to LinkedIn, which is a phenomenal. Um, oh, okay, you know what? Before we do that, bye, Paul Revere. I've had enough of you. Um, you're gone. Bye-bye. All right. So LinkedIn has its own overlay. We'll put that out right here. So in this day and age, when we might be going into a recession, we might not, who knows, but you got to find work. You got you to gotta have a livelihood. You got to pay your bills. You get a roof over your head. You know, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, want to get a girlfriend or boyfriend at some point, you got to show stability. And that's where LinkedIn is huge. If you're trying to find a job, you better be on LinkedIn. And if you're a small business owner, LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn Jobs. I'm sorry at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo4Wait. What do you think the team is going to do? This is a weird situation with two-way players. Two-way guys are normally at the end of the bench. Steve Kerr clearly loves these guys, trusts them more than his his, uh, now second-year players and his third-year player, James Wiseman, based on minute distribution. But they're not guaranteed. They can only play 50 games. That moment is coming sooner than later. In your opinion, what's going to happen, Kevin? My guess is that they have an open roster spot and they would use one of it. They would use that open roster spot on one of these two guys. They would have to waive someone else if they want to have both Ty and uh, Anthony on the team. And I don't know if they would do that. But I, I like my guess is I think it, I think like pretty clearly from just the way they've been used is that I would imagine that they eventually go to 15 guys on the full roster okay. by elevating one of the two on a two way. Now, I don't know who's that going to be because at different points of the year, it's depend, it's dependent on who's been hurt, who's been more valuable between Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. Um, so, yeah. I, I think like I think the roster will grow to 15, and I and I think that, um, yeah, that 15th roster spot would be used on either Ty, Jerome, or Anthony Lamb. Now, do you think that was, Do you think that was part of the plan all along? Was to have 14 roster spots for this reason? Um, because because there's also and correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, but there is a possibility that Lake have kept that 15th spot open to save money given every one of these contracts is like times eight with the luxury tax penalties. Um, that makes me wonder if they're even going to offer either of them a guaranteed deal. Right. Um, so I guess, do you think that'll come into play and which one of the two would you pick? Ooh. 
I, I mean, again, it depends on like the roster situation at the moment, right? Right? Like, if you're down, if if guards are hurt, if you need ball handling, you go with Ty Jerome. But like, if you know, like Wiseman has a rolled ankle right now, like, uh, and Jamichael Green has had like an infection and has been sick, and so like, I mean, I don't think those those aren't long term issues, but like. It depends, like, when game 50 happens, like, if it comes down to that, at that point it kind of becomes, all right, what's a bigger need on this roster? Because I think they've both been, you know, pretty valuable. And so I, I think it, it will come down to what is more necessary at the time. All right. Let me ask you this right now real quick. that The, sta- the standings today – um i had this open here it is so the standings right now despite the fact that the warriors won last night five game winning streak snapped uh they remain a game above 500 the western conference is just in pure shambles this year it's shocking to me that the sacramento kings for example right now are the fifth seed and they're only three games above 500 it's the single biggest reason why there's no panic button being pressed by the golden state warriors organization referring to myers uh kerr the the ownership uh, for the simple reason that despite the fact they're only a game above 500, two games out of the midway point, um, they're only five back of the first place uh, Denver Nuggets and Memphis Grizzlies who are tied for the lead. They're only uh, right now uh, three and a half back of the four seed. Um, so they're still very much in the mix. And, and that's why, like, again, there's no panic buttons being being pressed. But let me ask you this. If the Warriors were playing from the beginning of the season, if they were giving those Jerome and Lamb minutes to Kaminga, who I hope comes back soon, he's got that foot sprain, and to Wiseman and to Moody, what would the Warriors record be instead of 20 and 19 right now? Would it be any different? Would it be better? Would it be worse? Your opinion on that? Um, I think that's kind of a, a tough question to ask. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you want to move on? Is that too much? <laughs> I mean, like, they missed. I mean, they. I know where you're going with this. Like, I, I, I think I know where you're going with this, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine they would be worse than twenty and nineteen, or much worse than twenty and nineteen. I don't know. Like, I, I yeah, to me, it's kind of t- tough to answer. Fair. That is fair. I, my answer is, I don't think they'd be any worse. Um, they might even be better. And I think the youngsters would have been more developed at this point in the season, but I digress again. I, and this is not hating on the two way guys. I'm very curious to see what happens. Um, shift the gears, by the way, people can vote on the all-star game. Now uh, I'm sharing my screen for the YouTube viewers. And I'll obviously, uh, let me see if I can make this a little bigger uh, for people to see. It might just be like, limitation based on our platform it is so if you can't see it i apologize but basically right now uh the top five for the front court and i believe kevin and you probably know this better than me uh there's going to be three front court players and two guards that sound right to you in terms of who's going to get in sounds about right i pay very little attention to the all-star game like i mean i watch it but like i don't know well, the it's game is worthless so yeah, i don't the- really care yeah, the game yeah. itself is worthless. I just I I'm more interested in it because of the respect, the accolades. Um, they're getting extra money when you get picked for it. It adds to your legacy. Th- those are the kind of things I care more about. The game itself is absolutely overrated. 
fun to gamble on if you bet the over, at least until this Elam ending thing <laughs> ruined that. Uh, but right now, the top five for the front court, in the, and we'll start with the Eastern Conference, uh, actually, first. Uh, Kevin Durant, your, your leading boat getter, which is kind of crazy that he has more than Giannis. But he's first. Giannis is second. Joel Embiid is third. Jason Tatum, who might be the front runner for MVP, is fourth in fan yeah, voting. He's not an all star starter. How about <laughs> like if, if voting ended today, like one of the one of the top five players in the NBA would not be an incredible starter. But that's also why the uh, fan vote al- yeah. alone doesn't dictate it. And then fifth is yeah. Jimmy Butler. That's that's the Eastern Conference forwards. The Eastern Conference guards right now the top five. And again, this is where the fans have no idea what they're doing. Kyrie Irving is first among guards. My Lord, the flat earther himself. Number two is Donovan Mitchell. Number three is James Harden. Number four is Jalen Brown. Who It always weirds me out that he's considered a guard. I feel like he's bigger than uh, Jason Tatum. And then number five, Trey Young. Um, any Anything sticking out there that's weird? I feel like the Eastern Conference guards are not very deep. And Derek Rose, by the way, is ninth. Uh, just to show you how ridiculous this all is. Any thoughts on the Eastern yeah. Conference before we move on to the West? Yeah, I mean, I like it's can like with respect to Jason Tatum, like he's been awesome, but like Durant, Anadokounmpo, and Embiid have been incredible this year. It's like, I mean, it, it's it like it's tough to argue that he should have more votes than any of those guys, even if he is an MVP candidate. It, it, it's just kind of weird. I think Donovan Mitchell's clearly been kind of the best and most consistent guard in the Eastern Conference this year. Um, but when Kyrie's out there, like flat earth or not, like uh, vaccine or not, and he's had a lot of like really uh, unfortunate and uninformed things to you know with respect to the jewish community like but he's, he's on the court he's a hell of a player but he's like he is and he's still very popular <laughs> clearly yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy I, so, yeah any last thoughts before we move on to the west no no that's kind of yeah that, that like james harden's i know this i know the fan vote doesn't take into uh games played much because otherwise Steph might not be number one right and James Harden probably sh- shouldn't be number three right but like that, that's a different no you're absolutely right it's it's purely a popularity contest and it's why popularity contests in no way shape or form reflect reality or what's right or wrong in this world uh moving on to the Western Conference LeBron James 30 is he 38 did he have his birthday yet he's he's about to be 30 yeah December 30th oh my god so he's 38 you know I I've always begrudgingly uh complimented him but I'm I give him his full due man I mean it's at 38 years old it is incredible what he's doing he's the leading boat getter for the Western Conference right now uh and I believe he's the leading boat getter in the whole NBA uh number two Nikola Jokic uh, these are this is for the front court of the Western Conference. Number three, Anthony Davis. Number four is Zion Williamson. And Andrew Wiggins is fifth. Draymond Green, by the way, is eighth. Kavon Looney is in the top ten. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome to see Looney in the top ten. Damn very right. deserving. Very deserving. These guys have 35 rebounds in his last two games. Incredible. Incredible. He's, yeah. he's his his skills as a rebounder have, have progressed so much it's just beautiful to watch um and as a low post player by the way his the touch he has i mean 
that that buzzer beater against Atlanta just really uh, 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 exemplified how soft his touches on his putbacks, on his layups. When he touches the ball, that ball almost every time goes in because it just has a gentle bounce to it. I just, I just love everything about him, man. Kudos to Kvon. Um, and then the, the top five uh, vote getters for the guards, Stephen Curry, number one, Luka Doncic, number two, John Morant, number three, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, number four, and Clay Thompson in the top five. Bravo. And another Golden State Warrior also in the top ten, Jordan Poole right there at ten. Your thoughts on – I'm a little – Yeah. I'm a – I'm a little surprised Austin Reeves has more votes than Jordan Poole, but I guess that's just oh my Laker God. Nation. Oh, my goodness. Really? Right. Austin Reeves is a good player. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, and I know this is popularity, but he's not better than Jordan Poole. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't think Russell Westbrook deserves more votes than Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, there's a lot <laughs> who's uh, – Russell Westbrook is sixth. Devin Booker is eighth. Yeah, the, the, this is why this is why the, the the fan vote alone does not decide who plays in the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, do we cover everything? Is there anything left to discuss, Kevin? I know you. Just to remind people, you are on NBC Sports Bay Area tonight. Uh, for the yeah. Santa Cruz Warriors, or is it a different game? Is it? Yeah, no, Santa Cruz Warriors, and you should tune in because Scoot Henderson's playing. He's good. he's going to be the number two pick in the draft. He is good, and he is really, really good. I'm sure, like his, his dunk earlier this week made the rounds on uh, a fr- on Ferran Hunt of the Birmingham Squadron. Like, it's gotten viewed millions of times on social media. They just played it on NBA Today earlier this afternoon. It's like. He is next level, next level good. Um, and he is may he might turn out to be the best, one of the best consolation prizes in NBA draft history. Incredible. So the Warriors next play Saturday. This is a nice little a little yeah. break they have. Before we go, um, the Bay Area, if, if you're a Bay Area resident, I know a lot of people who watch and listen to this show are international or across the country. Um, but here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we've been getting a buttload of rain yet lately. Uh, it's absolutely psychotic. Uh, I don't know if it's been affecting you, Kev. You're more, you're in the South Bay, uh, in San Jose, right? Do you live in the actual city of San Jose? Correct. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm up in. Uh, Nat- I don't. I don't live in Los Gatos. I don't live in Santa Clara. I don't live in Sunnyvale. I don't live in Cupertino. I live in San Jose. Okay, so so not Sunnyvale, not Campbell. San Jose. Not Campbell. Okay. Yeah. Not Morgan Hill. Uh, not Morgan Hill. San Jose. Not Milpitas. Not Milpitas. San Jose. Okay. So <laughs> I'm up in <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I'm up in uh I'm up in Napa right now. I gotta find a place to live. Uh but regardless, which is not and I just rescued a dog, and all of that is affecting me big time with these rainstorms. But Clay Thompson, who is a boater. Captain Thompson himself, I had to play this sound by before we go because he actually talked about all these storms hitting the Bay Area. And folks, if you're not in the Bay Area, uh, we're soft here. We're not used to this. Um, this is a lot of rain, even by by I lived in Texas for two years. That's rain. And, and this is like that level. It's been that consistent. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, so uh, Clay Thompson uh, talked about his his uh, being a captain during a storm. Can you drive your boat through a storm like this? I could, but that's just not ideal. I mean, have you seen the perfect storm? It doesn't end well, so I'm not trying to do that. But she is a beast, but yeah, 
It's just too bumpy. Can you drive your boat? <laughs> I was just wondering, that'd be so cool if you did actually try it. You're just going... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure Steve Kerr and Bob Myers wouldn't want him trying it. <laughs> Dude, Clay is, is... Do you think he's back? Like, like what percent of, of the pre-injury... Like, like, let's say pre-injury Clay, right before he blows his knee out in the NBA Finals 2019 in Toronto, that was like peak apex Clay, right? Like, where, the Clay right now, what percent of peak apex Clay is modern Clay right now, in your opinion? Uh, well, I will say this. NBA Today just showed a graphic. He is, he is currently on the highest scoring four-game stretch of his career. Wow. Like, Pre-injury, post-injury, doesn't matter. He scored like 144 points. He's averaging like 36 over his last four. That's a stat. That's the highest ever in his career. You know, even in you know a four-game stretch, I would include the 60 on 11 dribbles against the Indiana Pacers, the 37-point quarter he had against the Sacramento Kings in 2015. Um, we're coming up on the eight-year anniversary of that, January 23rd. Um, Time flies. So even despite all that, like this is the best four game scoring stretch of his career. So from a scoring standpoint, you'd have to say that uh, he is pretty damn close to, to, to where he has been. Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think he's still not 100%, but look for all the, the talk about Clay's struggles earlier in the season, he's averaging more than 20 points per game. Yeah, now. Like exactly. Like that's like he always gets to like even last year he got to twenty points per game because he scored forty one in the season finale uh, at New Orleans for for a game I was actually at broadcasting nice uh, and then promptly lost three hundred dollars at the blackjack table <laughs> but um but uh, yeah uh, he uh, yeah he he's playing playing his ass off right now. Shout out Guy Santos because I see yeah. all the, the Guy comments. Yeah. He had 31 in his last game with Santa Cruz. Wow. So, I yeah. could see him like and next he, year being he's on the Very well. Could you see him like next year being on the team? I, I could. I think I think he has a chance to be a two-way contractee next year. Wow. Definitely. Love it. I think like by the time he's 24 or 25, he'll be a pretty like solid rotation player. Just because he's six seven with a seven-one wingspan, like he has the body already. Yes. Like, I mean, that first summer league game, his first game in America, he scored like 23 points. Um, he had like 23 and six against it was the Lakers or the Kings or the Heat, whoever it was that, that blew away the Warriors that day. But like Guy Santos, well, like had people standing on their feet for a summer league game. Like he's got a panache for the game. He re, he's rebounding very well right now. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, Gee Lieber, if you will. <laughs> no, and, and, and so. I, I, I swear, built bars are looking for like a pro athlete to endorse uh, their product. I feel like Gee Santos would be a dude. That dude is so built as a as a yeah. human being. I, I could definitely see him out there. Anyways, you got to run. We've been doing this for for a long time. Uh, I, I see all the chat questions, but we'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, Kyle, yeah, tomorrow's Friday. Kyler Mills will be back. Warriors play Saturday. They host the Orlando Magic. Uh, <laughs> and we'll end on Supremacia's comment. Guy Santos could be a Walmart Luka Doncic. There you go. I wouldn't, I'll take that. I would happily take that. <laughs> um, and people are writing, by the way, that on uh, Tim Kawakami's podcast that uh, Bob Myers has turned down contract extension offers. 
Um, what there's nothing either of us can really say about that right now. But if that's true, that's kind of crazy. That's that's crazy. Do you have any any comments on that or no? I I well I haven't heard him say that. So I like yeah. I'm so with I you. No yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's it's and there's what are we gonna say? But let's let's hope Bob Myers is with this team long term. Um, that's Definitely. I'll leave it at that. He is brilliant. All right, my man. Thank you everyone for joining the chat. Kevin Dana, listen and watch him tonight on NBC Sports Bay Area calling the Santa Cruz Warriors taking oh, on. Hey, the we have one more question. I think we have Please. to answer from Please. Count Cholo. Who would win one on one, Kev versus Cyrus? Well, I don't. I've never seen Cyrus play. So. I've never seen you play. How tall are you? I actually don't I'm hear five exactly. eleven. I'm five ten. Okay, I'm I led five eleven. I led the JV EBAL in three point shooting. I've got okay, a good well, hand. I, I never. I, I got cut from my high school team, so <laughs> we'll see. If I know. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. Well, that sucks. If the high school I went to, the varsity team was like a, like played in the state championship. I had no chance of making that team. As someone who my senior year in high school was five two, I got. I, I thank thank the gods, man, that I got that growth spurt at the very end. Um, but no, I'm not going to trip like like Jordan Poole and, and fall. But <laughs> we should play <laughs> some time. Right, we, we're we've got to do our dinner soon. We're long overdue for that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll schedule that soon. Thank you, everyone, for joining in again. Uh, and, and Chico writes, for some reason, he thought you played in college, but you were involved with the Stanford basketball team. Yeah, I was, I was a manager in college. I, I did laundry for the player, the, for the college players. I, I, I gave them water and wiped up their sweat. Oh, off the floor. <laughs> so, yeah, that's as close as I came to being a college player. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I was in a – in my 20s and early 30s, I was in this competitive basketball league in San Francisco – um, and I was always the second leading scorer on my team. There's this one dude that was just, just lit it up. He was like six, eight, but Larry bear was in our league, the, the CEO of the San Francisco giants. Yeah. And I remember one game we were matched up against his team and my boss at the time of came Biara, Bob Agnew was like, Oh, you're old. Oh, you're playing as Larry bear. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, make sure you just throw elbows at his ribs, hurt him, do what you got to do. I'm like done. So I knocked Larry bear on his ass. <laughs> it's <cool. laughs> It was awesome. All right, we're, we're done. Uh, we're, I'm guessing we're boring people now. Um, thank you, everyone. And Kevin Dana, you're the best, man. Love you.